Here it is. You deserve the glory. They're disturbing the peace. Jesus said, if I tell my disciples to hush, even the rocks will cry out. God loves it when we sing his praises. So please join us and sing loud. You deserve the, the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we lift your holy As we lift your holy name, for you are great, you do miracles so great, there is no one else like you. This morning comes from Luke 10, 38 to 42. Now as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. 
She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by so many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. Today we hear the passage of the gospel lifted up. It's a story that we are greatly aware of. We've heard this story, read this story, many of us a hundred times. And often, though, what is surprising is that as much as we hear it, as is the situation with much of the gospel, we don't necessarily understand it. What Jesus is actually saying here and what the call is to you and I as a people called disciples of Christ and the living body of Christ here in this place. So what I describe is that the longest journey can often be the shortest distance. Do you hear what I'm saying? The longest journey can be the shortest distance because that journey is usually directly around and within us. It is, in fact, that while we are on this wonderful adventure called human life, during that time, the great journey is to move from our head and the perception of things to our soul and heart and the truth and reality of things. And it's amazing, isn't it? How very long that journey can be. Amen? We're often enticed watching the television or other types of media about what we need to do to increase our spirituality. You notice those? What you need to do to increase your spirituality. And it's usually coupled with incredible trips to these glorious and wonderful spots around the globe. Um, It's great when one can travel, absolutely. Refreshes the spirit, you bet. But usually in these commercials, it leaves me the feeling that unless I can journey to Tibet or Nepal or some places in India or perhaps Greece or Rome or even the great deserts of Mexico and the ruins of civilizations that are a mystery to us. And somehow, if I can't go to those places, my spirit's in darn big trouble. Can I get an amen? And I sometimes wonder, as I'm listening to those, and while it's great, please, it's great to do those trips if you can, but the reality is, our focus in terms of spiritual enlightenment does not depend upon a place, however remote or however religious in its nature. Our discipleship and our life and our elevation of our spirit needs to take places in a 
like Boise, Idaho. Amen? Newark, New Jersey. Have you ever been there? You can grow spiritually, right? (laughs) And Turlock, California. This is the place for enlightenment. And this is the time. So, therefore, in the passage that we often misunderstand, where Martha is complaining to Jesus about Mary, there's a couple of great truths that we learn. One, Martha must be the older sister. Amen? Amen! She must have been the older sister. And can you believe this? Here's Martha, the older sister. Here is Jesus that in the passage we didn't read from the lectionary today, Colossians, where Jesus is compared to the invisible presence of the absolute creating God of the entire universe that's been made flesh for us to understand. Now that person is in your midst, and you're going and tattling on your sister because she's not doing chores. Can you get that? I love this passage. It's so human. And here is Jesus in communion with the source of the universe and yet in great compassion and gentleness. He responds to Martha because Martha is like most of us. And he said, Martha, you're, you're so distracted. You're so busy that you're not seeing the true choice that you have before you. Jesus, with compassion, speaks to Martha and speaks to us. But also he concludes by celebrating Mary's choice. Because Mary's choice is the choice on the road to discipleship. So if we're going to hear now this Mary and Martha passage in this context, then we also need to hear what Jesus accompanies his call with to all of us, to certainly Mary and her response, and that there are several things that we find in the teachings of Jesus that when we respond to Jesus' call, that we need to be open to a sense of, of direction. We need to be open to a sense of discovery. And we have to be open to our sense of destiny. That's the call that Jesus makes on us. That's the invitation that we have. But to answer that, we're called to embrace those things. First of all, a sense of direction. As disciples of Christ, we are called to discover, to uncover a sense of direction for our lives. And what we do, especially in the U.S., is we make a mistake. We often confuse direction with destination. Can I get an amen? We confuse direction with destination. 
often when we're talking about a direction in our life, we have that destination in mind, exactly where it is and where we're going. But to discover a sense of direction in our lives is to invite the Spirit of God. And you'll find with that sense of direction that perhaps the goal for your life is something different than what's in your own mind. And much of what we learn and what Jesus teaches about this openness to a sense of direction, that often in life, really, it's punctuated by destinations. But the majority of our life is based in a journey. A journey and a sense of direction. And that's what Jesus, in fact, teaches us in the sense of openness and transformation. I was reading a book by Paul Wharton in which he took a year of travel, took a sabbatical, and he traveled in both near and far east, talking to as many spiritual sages and leaders as he could. And so in this wonderful discovery process, he came across a very wise Middle Eastern mystic, uh, came out of the Sufi tradition, and he told him, and I quote, told the uh, uh, writer who was taking the notes and interviewing, told him, the old mystic said, I was a revolutionary when I was young, and all my prayer to God was, Lord, give me the energy to change the world. He said, as I approached middle age and realized that my life was half gone without changing a single soul, I changed my prayer to, Lord, give me the grace to change all those who come into contact with me. Just my family and friends and I shall be satisfied. Now that I am an old man and my days are numbered, I have begun to see how foolish I have been. My one prayer now is, Lord, give me the grace to change myself. And if I had prayed this right from the start, I would not have wasted so much of my life. You hear what I'm saying? A sense of direction. Secondly today, we are called in this wonderful journey as each of us are Mary's and Martha's wrestling ourselves. The second thing we are called to is to have a sense of discovery. Discovery is such a wonderful experience, isn't it? We are called in Christ to the sense of discovery, of understanding the world around us, and who we are in relationship both to God and to one another. What a marvelous thing to discover. But yet we wrestle. We wrestle all too often. We like to find our tribes and our boxes in which to place ourselves. 
I think we seek comfort or some kind of simplicity. But in reality, we crawl in often to those boxes. Oh, those boxes, we have many. There's liberal and there's conservative and there's Democrat and there's Republican and there's independent and there's this and there's that. There are so many different boxes and tribes that becomes so comfortable to place ourselves. In the current landscape that we live in, I sometimes have parishioners who, because of their political views, can't sit in the same room together. But when I work with them, listen to this, and talk to them, and we begin to remove those layers of boxes and sit there naked before each other and talk about, as we understand our God and our family, what are the expectations we have of our country. And you know what? Almost every time this happens, from the depth of their heart and soul, they have the same longings. They have the same goals. Two people can't sit in the same room. All of a sudden realize, when you take off those tribes and boxes, we long for the same thing. We long for peace. We long for security. We long for fairness. For justice. keep running to our boxes of division. That's not who we are called to be. We're called to be children of God. And I know the journey's tough when you throw away your boxes. Do you hear me? Because then you've really got to think. I remember the philosopher Schopenhauer, a very complicated thinker, German, lived uh, from 1788 to 1860 and was in an incredible period of human history and his ideas are earth-breaking and shaking. But given the thought he was such an intellectual, he had many interests, including botany. So he was walking one day, and he was German in Germany. He was in this large, beautiful garden of which he observed a fairly rare and beautiful flower. So he stood there to observe it. Now I mentioned to you, he's a philosopher, a real thinker, and he was given to those moments where we do what we call space out. And he was standing there for about an hour, you know, just kind of thinking, daydreaming, staring at this flower. And so much so that uh, a police officer noticed him, was a little concerned and walked up to Schopenhauer and tapped him, interrupted his reverie, and then looked at him seriously and said to Schopenhauer, Who are you? And with that, Schopenhauer took a breath, looked down, paused for an awkward moment, 
looked the police officer in the eye and said, Sir, if you could answer that question for me, I would be eternally grateful. (laughs) There is one who can answer that question for you. It comes from the Spirit of Christ that exists within your heart and through whom you can look in the mirror and see who you are in all its wonder and beauty and even woundedness and brokenness. And in all of that, to discover you. And last of all today, what Jesus calls us to is not only that sense of direction, not destination, but direction, sense of discovery, a willing to take off those boxes, but also then a willing to have a sense of destiny. And too often in our country, when we use that word destiny, we often put it to be somewhere reserved for only the most extremely unusual among us, right? Destiny is reserved for those who accomplish great things, whose name is known in the households across the nation or around the earth. The destiny that God calls us on whatever field of play our life is in, whether we are major stars in the cast or we're supporting characters in non-speaking roles. But in all of that, there is an amazing destiny for one who follows Christ. And it's every day of one's life as we share that loving energy of God we've been given in Christ with those around us. Moment to moment, sometimes, in the smallest ways, changes a life. I close, I remember a cartoon I used to love by the name of Pontius Puddle. It was in all the uh, kind of religious church publications up to about, I don't know, a few years ago. But it was popular for about 20 years. And Pontius Puddle is kind of a cartoon character of Pontius Pilate, but not nearly as uh, troubling. He's a little guy, kind of short, has a big bald head and is perpetual, uh, perpetually befuddled. Do you got that? Perpetu- you ever feel perpetually befuddled? That's Pontius. And so in the scene, in the cartoon, Pontius is pondering. And he says out loud, I wonder if God can really hear me. The next frame shows Pontius praying. Hey God, what should I do with my life? In the next frame, in bold capital letters, a voice from heaven speaks and says, Feed the hungry, write injustice, work for peace. The next frame shows Pontius 
scratching his head and looking very uncomfortable. And in the next frame, Pontius Puddle looks up to heaven and said, said to, said to, said to God, I was only testing. <laughs> and a voice from heaven said back, me too. <laughs> me too. So I close today, my dear and beloved friends, by saying that when we answer the call to Christ, as Mary did, to cling to the feet of Jesus, and then to follow him, Christ invites Mary to the better portion, as he tells Martha. And Mary's better portion is she's entered a life that will never be the same again, filled with a sense of destination, a sense of direction, I should say, a sense of discovery and of destiny. God bless you. Thus ends the message. And now may the blessings of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you always. listening to this podcast of the First United Methodist Church in Turlock, California. This podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons non-commercial share-alike license. For more information about our church, visit www.fumcturlock or call the church at 209-668-3000. Visitors are always welcome. And now, may the peace of the Lord dwell in your hearts this day. And may God bless you.